This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shop First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This weekend we're talking about The Last of the Mohicans. He found me. <laughs> no matter where I was. Ben Nathaniel. I stayed alive. He's very good at finding us. Yeah. Like the juiciest no rolls. No matter what. All right. <laughs> this came out in 1992, directed by Michael Mann, written by James Finnamore Cooper and John L. Balderston and Paul Perez, starring Daniel Day-Lewis, Madeline Stowe, Russell Means. He's a nice West guy. Studi- <laughs> Wessel stu- Wessel. West Studi. <laughs> Nuclear I'm Wessel for Studi. Wessel Studi. <laughs> Alameda. Um, Pete, I don't know this guy's name. Pete Puzzle with Puzzle Others? Anybody else you guys want to call out here? Because I didn't know about most of these people. Um, there were a few people with smaller roles uh, that have gone on to do other things. Um, like John Cameron. <laughs> different, different John Cameron. Cole Meany was in this. I don't remember seeing him anywhere. Um, but uh, Jared Harris had a, a role toward the beginning and then was not in the rest of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, Pete Postlewaite. That's what Jeff was trying to I was trying to say that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dylan Baker was in this. Um, I don't Dylan. remember seeing him. Dylan. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a couple others. Um, Terry Kinney. Spinal Thorson was in there somewhere. <laughs> he had to be. Yeah. There, was, there was one particularly buff. Uh, um, God, I already forgot the name of the tribes. Uh, <laughs> well, there were the Mohawks, and then there was only like two Mohicans left with Daniel Day Lewis. Was it the Mohawks and the the Hurons? That's who it was. So yeah, it was also like, one of the there was like a buff tribes. Huron at the end, but uh, they could have been Sven, probably not. But I'm looking at the credits. No, it's not him. Uh... <laughs> All right. Well, um, Alex, this is your pick. What's your history with this movie? Um, this is the first Daniel Day-Lewis movie I've ever seen, or that I ever saw, back when I was a kid. Um, it just seemed like a really cool movie because my family's big on, you know, our ancestry with the with the uh, with Me- in Mesoamerica with the Aztecs and the Olmecs and stuff like that. And Apocalypto was just a gleam in Mel Gibson's eye, so we didn't have anything. So this was kind of like our. Uh, what are, what am I saying? Like living through, like oh, this is almost about our people, you know, the natives, and we thought it was really cool. It's great. I was not expecting how violent it was when I went to see the movie. I thought it was going to be like a boring historical reenactment. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> All right, Scott, what's your history of this movie? I've seen bits and pieces. I've definitely heard Alex quote this. <laughs> ad nauseum well misquoted now that I've seen it <laughs> yeah. uh, but 
yeah, this, this, I think this is my first time really sitting down to watch it uh, from beginning to end. Uh, one one mildly amusing note was I was looking for this movie on Netflix, and they didn't have it. They do that thing where they tell you, "Oh, this we don't have this, but here's some other movies that are like it." And one of those first movies to pop up for that was Heat. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. a little confused by that uh, because this, these those movies are pretty much nothing alike. Uh, but then I saw that, yeah, this is a Michael Mann flick. Um, but they, as somebody pointed out over the weekend, they both have West Studi in them. So yeah, yeah. enough of a connection for me. Uh, but yeah, I watched it on uh, the old YouTubes. Yeah. YouTubes. Yeah. It's but there for freeze. Can... It was? Yeah. Oh, I, I watched it. I had to rent it. I didn't know it was on there. Well, you probably, you probably well, saw you got high, the good quality. You probably got yeah. a higher quality version than we did. Yeah. So let's yeah. see if we missed anything. And I suppose they had like the director's cut too, which I don't know I what see. those scenes were because I don't know the original. Uh, I've seen this once, but uh, not in the theater. Once again, I think this is one of those red envelope Netflix days. Uh, I too have. This might have been my first Daniel Day Lewis, and I probably didn't even know who he was at the time when I watched it. I don't know. And I've only seen a couple of his movies, to be honest. Like I can't even like this Lincoln and Gangs okay. of New York. Might be, yeah. might, it might be the only ones I've seen. Um, Did you see There Will Be Blood? No, I never saw that one. Oh, that's why you got your milkshake drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, and I didn't. Re- I didn't remember much from this movie. Actually, I didn't remember anything in this movie because the scene that I thought was going to happen in this movie didn't happen. So I don't know what movie that's from. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, let's get into it, uh, Alex. Oh, as usual, we're going to do seven items for the. <laughs> Jesus, I've done this in a while. Alex, we're going to do seven items. Alex, what's your number seven? My number seven is that this movie has quite possibly. <laughs> one of the best running jokes of Disneyland ever. <laughs> it was the amazing, the colossal, the stupendous, the eighth wonder of the world. It was the backside of water. <laughs> I almost didn't put this on my list, but I'm like, ah, no, I got to. They're hiding out in the backside of water, and that's all I could think of. <laughs> Stupid Jungle Cruise joke. Get a lot of it, too. Mm-hmm. I hear people get mad if the captain, if the skipper on the Jungle Cruise forgets to do the joke. I mean, I doubt anybody forgets. <laughs> <laughs> They're just done. I feel like that's the only joke they have to make, isn't it? Yes, like because the yeah, they one. change up the rest. Yeah, they change up the rest of the script every once in a while. Like I've heard different versions. It's like, oh, you, that's nice cooling mist. We got a lot of monkeys in the trees. All that jazz. <laughs> But yeah, always, always the backside of water. And then sometimes if, as you're leaving, it's chanting, O2H, O2H. <laughs> That's right. Shake your, shake your head. Yeah. All right. Scott, number seven. Okay. Uh, my number seven was that the, uh, <laughs> I, I get that, that Michael Mann wanted to inject uh, some, some gripping action here. But the uh, the underhanded double musket fire was was a bit much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I disagree. <laughs> I'm, I'm no gun expert, weapons expert, anything like that. But 
I'm guessing a, a, a musket is highly inaccurate <laughs> when fired that way. Uh, probably not like relatively accurate, uh, uh, just in general, when you have plenty of time to stop and aim, let alone when you're running muskets akimbo. <laughs> uh, yeah, unnecessary. Unnecessary. Well, they were close by. They were more like shotguns at that point. I, I laughed when I saw that. <laughs> so. When the guy was holding it like gangster style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Break yourself, fool. Because <laughs> um, it's funny, like, he, he tries to, like, be somewhat accurate where they've got to, like, fumble to get the the musket up and ready and they got to stop and put the powder in, which probably also wasn't very accurate, like, the speed that, that they do it. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, just the underhanded, like, <laughs> like... May, like not even point blank range. Like if the muzzle of the gun was touching somebody else, then <laughs> then I would have believed it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's my Ah, uh, practically, those muskets are long. They got long reach. <laughs> all right. Well, my number seven I have is the dialogue. I want, but it's not all in the dialogue with the accents. I don't know. It was just bothering me. And I have as like dialogue, and then in quotes. I shan't be shitting my pants today, sir. Like, it was just... <laughs> stuff they were saying was just really pissing me off. And especially the one... I, I see it's been a week and a half. I don't remember. There's a scene where these guys are arguing and... They're just using big words that I do not think men that are fighting in the, in the woods would be saying. And I know that our dialogue and our vocabularies have changed over the hundreds of years. But I don't know. It just bugged me. Um, it's a nitpick because most of the movie I did enjoy, but I really it did bother me, and I wish I had more examples because it's it's been a couple weeks. But. But, but there was that whole sequence where they were like going back and forth in English and French, and uh, the God, I already forgot again. Oh, with the Mohawk <laughs> tribe, it wasn't the Mohawk; it was the Huron, right? The, yeah, the Huron again. No, but. But didn't Magua get sworn as a blood brother to the Mohawks, and that's who he was pleading to? But he talked like his tribe he, now. But he kept talking about how, like, the direction he wanted to take the Huron. Oh, that's right. What the hell? I was confused by no. several plot points. If I'm if I'm being yeah. honest here, so I understand him. So he was initially a Huron, mm-hmm. and then he talks about something that happened, and then he was basically adopted by the. Mohawk. Well, he was, yeah, he was enslaved, and then later, you know, he gained enough respect to be a blood brother and adopted. Right, the, right. The and then, but he still wanted to get back at gray, gray hair or whatever, and so that's why he betrayed them, and he was still going back with the Huron or whatever. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I'm still unclear like, why they left the waterfall area. Yes. Well, I have a question about that later, too. Okay. Um, but anyway... Just that the girl's talking at the beginning. Mm. I shan't be leaving you. And then there was one point where these two guys were arguing and it was just, they're talking. I shall. Anyway, if I can't remember, I must stop talking. Whoa. <laughs> Alex, number six. My number six is um, the dad. I, damn it. I cannot pronounce you know, these characters' name. Chinga Chuk. I think they said like twice, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So apologies for not pronouncing that correctly because I'm terrible. But yeah, not saying like almost anything throughout this whole thing. It's like, uh, okay, son, we got these ladies to the camp. 
<laughs> I know you spend a lot of time with us dudes and you want to get your wick wet, but <laughs> okay, enough's enough. Maybe let's not risk our lives further on this. Let's go on our own path. Nope. I mean, he'll stand by his uh, white Yankee son. I'll give him credit for that, but I think they needed to be there. Which been... part are you? When they get back to the camp? Sorry, I'm trying to remember this movie now. What I think. <laughs> no, because they they find the ladies and the foppish what's his face. Right. Uh, getting ambushed. And then there's like, right. oh, we'll take you as far as the camp. But right. then they overstay their welcome. Daniel Day-Lewis gets arrested. Uh, and, and then after that, you know, after they basically, he's basically free. I don't see why the dad goes, OK, you know, let's cut our losses, son. This is we're risking our lives way too much. Like, I think there needed to be a scene there between the father and his, and his sons saying, all right, I think we've done enough, guys. But no, he didn't say anything. It's like uh, Hawkeye was like the leader. And they just went along with everything that he said. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. That was a bit strange for me. Yeah. All right. Scott, number six. Okay. So number six is... This movie more or less works really well as a period piece. Uh... It's, it's yeah. kind of impressive when you look at Michael Mann's uh, overall body of work. Um, you know, from from Miami Vice TV episodes to uh, uh, Manhunter to this, um, yeah, like it, it all feels relatively accurate. Like I, I, who knows about like the war stuff and obviously some of the fighting is silly. Um, yeah, the the, the costuming, um, the double muskets, <laughs> the. No, not the ones, but the muskets. <laughs> um, you know, I'll talk more about the weapons in in, in a second. But uh, yeah, it works it works really well. I think a, a lot of the reason it works really well is there's really not any set pieces that they have to make look like <laughs> like it was in the 1750s because <laughs> they're out in the wilderness for pretty much 90 percent of the movie. Yeah, uh, so that definitely helps. So at that point, you just got to worry about like costuming, right? Um, but yeah, they, you know, again, I don't know how accurate it is, but it, but it, but it feels accurate. Like it, it definitely feels like appropriate. And then like Jeff hated all the accents, <sighs> um, you know, like the local one, like the weird kind of, I, I wouldn't call it transatlantic, but the, the weird accent that, that like Daniel Day Lewis has, um, they actually, you know, they obviously got actual like British people, and French people and whatnot. I didn't understand like what <laughs> the reason behind Madeline Stowe's and, uh, the other girls, the other sisters' accents were supposed to be, um, but uh, yeah, for the yeah. most part, yeah, it feels not, feels not exactly British. British. Yeah, yeah, mm. or Scottish. <laughs> All right, uh, my next two are a question. So, Harry, my number six is, as you guys mentioned, the waterfall scene or behind the backside of water. So, <laughs> the backside of water. You know, they try to fake. Their demise and everybody, their canoes going downstream. They're gonna hide in there. They don't fall for it, so they go. So they know they're coming. Why did? Why did he leave the girls behind? I, I don't understand that part. When I think did, it was because he knew that they were gonna take them hostage because yeah. they were a bit too valuable. So, but they were gonna kill, definitely kill him and his dad and brother if they were caught there. Right. So right. they left so that they can rescue them later. 
That was the but whole speech. You, just, you stay alive. Right, but why didn't he just take them with him? They're too slow. Is that the reason? I mean, it's... Mm, that's the only right. thing I can think of. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, uh, this, this kind of goes on Scott's, like, you know, the first part of her plan is get captured. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? like, <that's, laughs> yeah, and he just, like, walks right into their camp. Um, but you guys figure you have, like, more of a chance talking to, like, one of the elders or whatever. But, um, but the yeah. chief. Um, he still gets the shit beat out of him. Yeah. Um, like, do they... I, I guess something like that where... They knew they would have to fight right there, then and there, and they, they wouldn't be able to do it with no guns because yeah, they kept talking about they had the wet powder. Yeah. Um, Got no they, were, I, they were outnumbered. Yes. Right, but they just ran away. It wasn't so I don't understand. They just think they couldn't run as fast with the girls. I guess that's the only thing that makes sense because they just run away. Like they could have went with them. Yeah. But uh, unless you're saying they're too slow. I mean, it wasn't like a sure thing. Like they barely pulled the. The old man out of the water. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's still yeah. like it's a little muddy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Alex, number five. Uh, my number five is that scene when they're defending the messenger to get the reinforcements to the fort. It's pretty badass. That's I know the worst, it, it, worst job in the century. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, in Hawkeye's hands, uh, muskets are magic. <laughs> we all know this because he's a freaking dead eye with any musket that he gets his hands on. Um, but it was still badass. Just the messenger just ignoring <laughs> as best as he could everybody that's coming after him. All the natives uh, on the opposing side, on the French side, and all the other soldiers. And then... Hawkeye just sniping him and does no look passing the musket back, getting a fresh one. That was awesome. All right. So my number five has to deal with this. So I'm going to jump in here. There's like another question I have. So he takes her silk and that's when he says something, this gives you more distance or something. What? I know you guys know a lot about muskets. <laughs> what, 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 what did I miss there? How does the silk? What was that doing? Well, what? I think it's what? something to do that they pack a bit of silk in with the powder or they do something with it where it might give them, yeah, just a bit more range when they, when they fire a shot. Okay. That was my understanding of it. Yeah, that's my understanding, but I don't know how. What are they putting in there? Like, are they... I mean, like I said, I don't know how a musket works, so maybe... Maybe silk burns a little hotter? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay. But I thought you guys were Minutemen. All right. Um, <laughs> just in bed. Hey, <laughs> just uh, like Ew. 20, 20 second bed. Yeah. <laughs> the silk gives me less distance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Alec, or sorry, Scott, number five. Okay. Number five, uh, you know, doubling up with the, the period piece. Uh, one for six. Um, number five is the yeah, the weapons are cool. Like they they all feel very accurate. Um, I don't know about again their usage necessarily, uh, but like yeah, the the muskets all look cool. The cannons, um, the way they they fire out the cannons was cool. Um, it's fucking giant ass mortars too. Yeah, all the Jesus. all the the tomahawks. Which again, I don't know if that was appropriate for that like region or tribe or whatever but um <clears throat> like the the different um like weird 
like <sighs> clubs, I guess you'd call them. Uh, but yeah. The, but mostly this this number five goes to the like I'm calling it the war axe <laughs> that the old man has because that thing is yeah. badass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and at one point he throws it um, and like makes it stick in the in the guy's back. But uh, yeah, it's freaking rad. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's got that one spike in the corner. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's like it's prominent. like wicked looking too. Like yeah, yeah, it's it's just a very cool weapon. So yeah, that's my number five. All right, sorry, I'm looking this up, and uh, apparently it's called patching when you wrap the ball with a piece of material. Um, I mean, this one example. There's a scene in the movie Last Week that depicts a long rifle being loaded with silk, supposedly gave it longer range. That is not historically accurate. Anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So apparently you wrap the ball. <laughs> Maybe cloth. he was he was lying the Cora so that he can wrap his ball around her. You wrap your balls in silk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get a lot more mileage out of them. Mm-hmm. All right, Alex, number four. My number four is both of the ambushes. It's like, all right, they're not going to do the same trick again, and it's not going to work. It did. <laughs> oh, man, both times. Both ambushes uh, were incredible. They were tense. They are action-packed. And, oh, my God, no wonder <laughs> we drove out the British in 1776 during the Revolutionary War. Because they were lining up. They took their time to aim properly, which gave <laughs> the attacking natives to just hide behind. They had plenty of time to hide behind trees. And after they fired their one shot, <laughs> they got slaughtered. Yep. Oh, and then it was unfortunate in the uh, in the uh, the second ambush, the, the train was so long that the people in front with all the soldiers, <laughs> with all the weapons and everything, didn't know what the hell was going on way in the back. And oh, my God. Another slaughter. So, yeah. I mean, that, that does feel accurate, like marching through a forest in bright red coats being like, not a good thing. <laughs> um, yes, but we must be gentlemen about it. Yes. Uh, that that <laughs> said, to be fair, like in, in that period of time, like up to that point, like having those, those fuckers like line up and shoot at you, like had to be like pants-shittingly like scary. Because it was just like, they didn't even have to like aim. There's this wall of like lead coming at you at that point. Like, yeah, they mm-hmm. made they made themselves easy targets, but it wasn't like a lot of places they went. They had like equal guns, you know. Um, and it, it is like not to go off too much more of a tangent here, but it's like so ridiculous to think that the the British and the French were like. Yeah, let's go fight over on this other continent now. <laughs> let's let's just let's throw like like unheard up to that point resources to like move people over there to fight over like a massive land battle. Like <laughs> it's mm-hmm. so ridiculous. Yeah. Like what 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 was the was it RRR where we started talking about like how British from the new Nazis? Like <laughs> Yep. Like I mean, there's some villains to go around in this one, so they're not necessarily like, like as bad as they're in our heart, but uh, mm. yeah, this this is why. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, my number four mm-hmm. is the scene where he cuts the guy's heart out. Gray gray hair gets his heart. Oh gets, my god! His heart cut yeah. out by 
Magui, or what was his name? Magua. Magua. God damn it. <laughs> That'd be different. Hi, Billy, I cut your heart up. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was badass. It's, it's kind of scary. But you didn't see it, I guess. Well, you didn't see him cut it out. You just see him hold it up. Yeah, yeah I can't believe this movie's PG-13. Is it really? Well, I guess <laughs> oh, you wait, know. no, it's R. Okay, Never mind. I was going to say. <laughs> wait, is it R? I could have sworn, well, whatever. It's R. It's R. I saw it when we... Yeah, there it is. Why did I think it was PG-13? Because yeah. it's based on a, a novel from the same area. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Alex, number three. Is it my number three already? Okay. Yeah. Uh, just the, the music. I know it's only that one theme song reused and repurposed over and over again, but it's so awesome. I love that tune. And then, man, it really kicks up in the end scene. Where I'm sure we'll we'll have words to say about that, so I'll leave it at that. But man, the music is awesome. That theme song deserved to win the Oscar that year. I agree. It's it played a little too much, but mm-hmm. it was good. Uh, our uh, I probably never listened to the podcast, but a friend of ours, <laughs> Eric, was was talking about that over the weekend about how. Uh, they, there was oh, yeah. there was originally like some other soundtrack and it sucked, and so they were like panicking to come up with the soundtrack at the last like the eleventh hour, and the guy in charge of that like heard this, <laughs> this this other guy's music and was like oh this will work totally, like went to the guy and like hey we want to use your music we'll give you credit all that jazz like <laughs> and we'll pay you and the guy was like okay, <laughs> I'm sure they re- like redid some of it for the movie uh, or remixed it or whatever but. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of an interesting story that it wasn't yeah, initially I think, made for yeah. movie. I think you said that they had time to make like do a different instruments a little bit, but it was the same tune essentially. Yeah, but, like, like different the, arrangements, with, like the big yeah. violin stuff, yeah, and yeah. then yeah, the, the different uh, they changed it for different scenes and whatnot. But yeah, awesome. Who did the music for this? It doesn't even say. It was a All right. Scottish dude. Uh, Scott, number three. Uh, just real quick, um, we we did skip on my number four. I was just gonna say, uh, yeah, my, my, that's what I thought. Yeah, my number four was they got a lot of mileage out of the wilderness. There's a lot of running on rocks near water in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to point that out. Um, it's gorgeous. Uh, apparently, they filmed in North Carolina though, because that actually looked more like people thought it was supposed to look. Uh, so right. just, just more funny Hollywood stuff. Like, I was wondering as I was watching that, I'm like, are they actually there or not? Um, it turns out not. <laughs> I mean, maybe they got some shots, uh, but for the most part, yeah, they're, they're in North Carolina. But uh, anyways, uh, my number three, um, you know, kind of a hallmark to, to Michael Mann movies. Uh, it's some great performances from everybody. Uh, but specifically, my notes here are great performances from everyone but the leads. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Daniel Day-Lewis is fine here. Madeline Stowe is fine. Um, yeah. But I feel like everybody else around them kind of pops. Um, maybe Man did that on purpose. I don't know. Maybe, like Jeff said, some of the dialogue, and they get the worst of it. <laughs> or the mm-hmm. most of it, depending on how you, how you look at it. Um, but yeah, like, we were talking about West Studi is great. Um, and he's he's a really good villain. Um 
the the British are like pseudo villains in this because all of them are just like dicks, like up and down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, there's not like a British person in this movie that isn't a dick. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I I do like that the the uh, the Scottish commander, the gray hair uh, Monroe, um, that he does have like enough foresight and experience to be like, no, no, we're going to surrender. Um, well, I do wonder if they would have let them walk out of there with their guns. Uh, I don't know how accurate that would have been. Um, but yeah, just, uh, again, great performance from everybody except the leads. Uh, and to that point, I, I really did feel like the romance was kind of lacking. Um, yeah. I, I think it's less on the, the actors here and more just, they needed to, like, I know this is a very common criticism I have. I think I, I had it last week when we did uh, um, Year of the Comet. Was it Year of the Comet last week? Or was that the week before last? At any, any rate, like I had the same criticism there where there needed to be just another scene or two uh, to build up the romance. Like, I totally buy that they might have boned in the fort. Like, I know I asked you guys about that, and I'm still not convinced. Mm-hmm. That they actually bone instead of just making. No, they boned. Uh, like I, I buy that after after Ollie went through. Nah, come on. No, no, I, I totally buy that they would bone like after like all the tension and stuff and then the escape and you know like being attracted to each other. But like the full on like you're the love of my life stuff. Like I, I feel like I needed a another couple scenes to to build that up. Um, but so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's number three. Okay. Here we go. Uh, my number three is um, just that I will find you speech just because Alex said it so much. I think Eric used to say it too as you were talking yeah, about. It a... So yeah, you, you guys say that. I will find you. And I swear it's from a movie, but also like so making fun of it, like Wayne's World or something. I don't know, but maybe I'm just thinking of you idiots. So anyway, <laughs> it, it cra- cracked me up when I heard it. Um, that's it. That's my number three. Mm-hmm. Alex, what's your number two? My number two is West Studios Bagua. Yeah, you, you guys, all the listener, all the listener knows that I love me some villains, <laughs> and man, but it, it's, it's great, great acting, some great stuff by West Studio here. Um, not only like like his monologue explaining why he wants to kill the gray hair Monroe, but just like the menacing glares that he has, just with an unfeeling, like almost emotionless face. Yeah, it's just fantastic work. Great villain. He is. I'm just trying to, if you go back to Heat, the cops are all played by guys who played really bad, bad guys. You got Buffalo Bill. Yeah. You got Ma- Magua. Scarface. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bubba. Uh, <laughs> Bubba. Yeah, Bubba Gump. <laughs> <laughs> and Bubba, you're right. There you go. He's probably a bad guy at something at some point, right? Pro- probably, yeah. probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, Scott number two. Scott number two. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, my number two. Speaking of of great performances, um, I was reading a little bit of the trivia, and they said uh, or Jody May is on record as saying they cut out a lot of her stuff um, that, they, that they filmed. Um, that scene where she jumps is great. Um, oh yeah like just like the acting there with just no dialogue 
Um, it's all her and Wes Studi. Um, and, you know, the the music. Um, I don't even think, like, you hear anything, right? Until um, Madeline Stowe, like, cries out afterwards. Um, yeah, I think so. It was all, like, silence. It's great. Yeah, but just her kind of, like, she goes from, from fear to defiance to kind of acceptance. Uh, and, yeah, it was really tense. Like, I did not remember that scene at all. Um, and I just felt the whole thing was very well shot, very gripping. Um, yeah, not much more to say about it. Uh, you know, Jody May as uh, the, the actress there playing uh, Alice Monroe. Yeah, I guess I didn't... You're talking about the relationship between the other two. I didn't see anything between her and the other guy. Yeah, that was. Oh, uh, they had some. They had some meaningful looks. <laughs> yeah, well, like so. Yeah, like, I wonder if they got cut. Like, I, I don't think she necessarily jumped because she was like madly in love with him or anything. But like, she wasn't going to give West Studio the satisfaction. Was more what I got out of that. Yeah, and she lost her last chance to to be free. Yeah, like yeah. she saw maybe this is my last hope, and he got killed. It's like, well. There's only one way out now. The Skywalker but, way. But not like if she would have stayed alive a little bit longer, could have been rescued. No. Yeah, but she didn't know that. Idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is she? Yeah, she, yeah she's falling. She sees the coming up the mountain. <laughs> oh, I regret this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Splat. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, is my my number two now? Yes. Yeah. Uh, mine is the the canoe chase. I haven't seen those very often in movies. <laughs> and, and I appreciate I appreciated it. Yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. It was a high speed canoe chase. I, I, as, I was, as I was watching it, I was like, I bet Daniel Day Lewis has got awesome form because he's Daniel Day Lewis. And I'm like, exactly. yeah, it looks like he's doing it right. Mm-hmm. But the British guy. Looked like he was barely doing anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's why his brother had to jump over to the other canoe to help him out. <laughs> like, that's yeah. how you do it, you idiots. <laughs> yeah. Uncas. Yeah. Daniel right. Day-Lewis probably trained by going up the Mississippi by himself. Yeah. I did think it was that's dumb it. that the the stupid uh, British chief, Colonel, <laughs> Colonel Chief, is, mm-hmm. is like... As soon as we get back to the Brits, I'm going to see you back in chains. Like, that's just, <laughs> yeah. maybe that's from the novel. I don't know. But yeah, it was dumb. And it's dumb. You know what? It just occurred to me, uh, if we go back a little bit to the waterfall scene, why they run away. Maybe they jumped in the river to make it look like when they went over the waterfall that they fell. So they they, they maybe tricked uh, Magua and the okay. warpotty into thinking that they were dead. Give them a better chance to like sneak up on them later. Yeah. Except they didn't sneak up on them at all. No. Yeah. Okay. okay. I didn't buy that. I don't. Yeah, I, for, I forgot that they jumped in the river and they were in, in the rapids and everything and they barely made it out of there with their dad. Yeah. I, I just, I buy it that they don't think the wind would have survived it or, or would have slowed them down. I think that makes more sense. That too. But, but you're, on the other hand, it's like leaving them with them. Yeah, you think. They won't kill them and hurt them, but you don't know that. So that's, yeah. Yeah. It was a risk. He rolled the dice on that one. Yeah, he did. All right. Number one, Alex. Just the final fight scene with the rescue at the end. It gets me every time. It gets you pumped up. 
so badass. Daniel Day-Lewis running over there, running cover. Because his dad just saw Uncas, uh, the only other Mohican, die. And man, he was literally on the warpath. <laughs> he, well, he was up for his, his uh, Magua's blood. And damn, he got it. That's one of the all-time best deaths um, from a villain ever. It's badass. Yeah, pretty cool. And I kind of do like how Magua knew it and he took it. You know, he took his death. Right? Mm-hmm. Like for the final fatal blow. Nice. Yeah. That was, uh, All right. Yeah. Go ahead. I, 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 my number one's the same, so I'll just keep. <laughs> All right. So, so my notes, uh, my number one is uh, Mago fucks with the wrong old man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, yeah, that was incredibly satisfying. Like, <laughs> come up and stay. Uh, yeah, just basically everything you said, Alex. Uh, yeah, I, I did really like that. Like for that final blow, yeah, Magua like it seems ready to take it, but the uh, the the actor there, um, uh, uh, Russell Means. Russell Means. Yeah, yeah. Like he gives this almost like shake of the head um, before he does it. Like which just conveys so much. It's like like shaking his head as to like. Why did this have to happen? Why did you do this? Shaking his head in like condemnation of like, like this is you know, you deserve this. Like <laughs> just so much in that, that that almost half shake, and then the, yeah, just mm-hmm. the, the up. I I thought he was gonna like brain him, so I, I was surprised when he comes up with the like the spikes. Like <laughs> that, was, that was pretty brutal. Yeah. Oh uh, my gosh. Yeah. Right yeah. It was very spine. cool. And the other thing too is, is uh, like, again, this might be out of the novel, but I'm glad that it wasn't Daniel day Lewis to like deliver the final blow here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause that would have made like getting, getting uh, close to like last samurai white savior stuff. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, that whole, that whole fight's cool. All right. Uh, the fight was cool. It did not make my list because I kind of feel like you guys talk about it. I like the cannonball scene at the fort. I thought that was a really cool scene. All the cannonball yeah. stuff, the siege stuff. Yeah. That whole scene at the fort I thought was really cool. Cannonball. Um, yeah. <laughs> so just Garbage I, day. I don't remember a good a cannonball scene as good in the movies. I'm sure there are. Like, I know there's some good ones in like Cannonball Run. Yeah, or just any other like mm-hmm. revolutionary or civil war movie and stuff like that. But this one, I thought was really good. I, I like it a lot. Yeah, I kept I kept thinking then, about Glory. Yeah, so, that was what I was thinking of Civil War movie. I forgot the name, mm-hmm. but yes, Glory. Um, yeah, just and just the siege tactics, and then just them building the trenches every you know it's how many I forgot like it every it like ten what, yards every night yards or whatever, day or something, yeah, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, um, pretty cool. Um, all right, that's it. Any honorable mentions? Um, so yeah, just to real quick, uh, I mentioned Jody May. Um, yeah, I don't remember seeing her in anything else, but I, but I was looking through her IMDb. Um, she did show up, Jody Mays Hayes. Yeah, she did show up in Game of Thrones as a character you probably won't remember, um, in season four or five. Um, in the flashback when Cersei goes to see the soothsayer, 
gives her like the prophecy about what's going to happen, like how like the younger, more mm-hmm. beautiful queen's going to like take over for her. So that that was Jodie May. Yeah. Anyway, I remember the scene. I wouldn't remember her, but I remember the scene. Yeah. Yeah. I have. I have a. Honestly, I don't even know what it is. It says, "My compliments, sir." Take her. What's that from? Do you remember that line from the movie? <laughs> no, <laughs> I wrote it down. Apparently, I liked it or I didn't like it. I don't know what it means. <laughs> My compliments, sir. Take her. No. Okay. Um. Yeah. I can't think of it. It's like when the French guy did something. It might be. I don't know. Telling Magua, like when they have that little clandestine meeting about you just letting him go. And he's basically like, well, I gave my word. I have to let him go. But what happens after that? I don't know. None of my concern. It might be as he's this English guy's riding by him when he surrenders and he's my compliments to you. Take her as a take the fort. I don't know. Whatever. Oh, yeah. That might have been it. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. When Monroe says that to what's his face. Yeah. Frenchie. Mm-hmm. There it is. This recent. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's time to rate it. As usual, we rate on a scale of one to seven. One being garbage. Seven being perfection. Alex. What do you give I'm this gonna movie? I'm gonna give this movie a strong five. It's almost a six just because of nostalgia, <laughs> and and I love period pieces like this. I should man, I should watch more of them. But um, a strong five. I really like okay. it. Still. All right, Scott. Uh, yeah, I also give it a five, but low five. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, I think the stuff that the the movie gets right that does well does very well. Uh, it does move along. Um, it does feel pulpy at points, but that might be more of the source material. Um, and yeah, there, there are some plot holes and yeah, I, again, I felt the, the two leads kind of lacking a little bit, um, even though they were fine. So yeah, five for me. All right. I'll also give it a five, probably more on the lower end as well, but I still enjoyed it. I will say this for a period piece. It was still about a two hour movie, which is unusual for a period piece, right? Usually yeah. these things are epic seagull um but yeah i liked it i don't know if i'll see it again but i liked it and with that it's time for our crossover list which is what alex our top five mercy kills in movies because hawkeye has to take out uh what's his face duncan when he sacrificed himself so he wouldn't be burned alive completely that's what you were talking about. Okay. Excuse me. I was trying to think of the mercy kill in this movie. And I couldn't think of it. And I thought you were, you meant sacrifice or something, but all right. Makes sense. Yeah. So okay. my number five is uh, from uh, Starship Troopers, Michael Ironsides. Right check. Yep. He starts getting eaten by a bug. He says, Rico, you know what to do. And he, he get, Rico kills him. But even before that, yeah, there was one of the troopers that gets taken by a bug and he's starting to get eaten. And Rychek just gets the sniper rifle and takes him out. I expect every one of you to do the same for me. Rychek's roughnecks, who? All right, that's a good one. Uh, Scott, <laughs> number five. Awesome. Uh, number five, this one might be higher on my list if I was older. Uh, and but, higher. But luckily, I wasn't subjected <laughs> to this movie too much. 
Oh, but I, I do remember watching favorite. it as a kid. Uh, that would be that's Old my, Yeller. Yeah, that's my number five as well. Oh, yeah. that's my number one. <laughs> Old right. Man we'll Yeller. <laughs> All right, then. Um, I will do my number five. And this is Old Yeller, I said. So anyway, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Alex, number four. <laughs> Uh, my number four is Brundlefly from The Fly, where he comes out all fucked up from the tele from his last teleport thing, and Gina Davis just puts a shotgun to his face, takes him out. Is that a mercy killing or a killing killing? It was a mercy killing, but a little both. It's like this thing should not be alive, but also there's no way to turn him back to normal. He can't have a life like this. So, blam. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, uh, Scott, number four. Uh, number four, just because I wanted something from TV. Uh, I mentioned Game of Thrones earlier, uh, so some some spoilers come onto my list here. Uh, but uh, when uh, Jon Snow, pretty much <laughs> uh, last Mohicans uh, main Raider uh, from being burned alive in season. three three or four with an arrow though, instead of a, a musket because there were no muskets in game of thrones. I don't remember. Although that. there were some dumbass historically crossbows. inaccurate. There were some dumbass crossbows <laughs> in the last couple And or giant ballistas or whatever. But uh, anyways, Matt's Raider. So that was the leader of the free folk. Yes. And, and then, so who was burning them alive? The watch. No, 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 no. So, Stannis is like at the behest of the what's her face the the red priestess. Hmm. Do not remember that they were going to sacrifice Good him one, as like royal blood. Mm. I see. Well, how about when she sacrifices Stannis's daughter? Fuck. Yeah, nobody was there for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alerts. All right. Well. My number four is also from Game of Thrones. And now this one I'm going to get a ruling on. And this is from season one, maybe episode two or three, when Ned kills Lady because Cersei and the king are assholes. So she's he's killing her. He's giving her quick death. Otherwise, it would have handed him to the butcher or whatever. And it wouldn't have been as, as nice of a death. So that's why I'm saying it's a mercy killing. What's the ruling? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, it's Ned. Yeah, he makes he, it like they make it a point, like at least in the books, anyways. That the Ned yeah. only is like one chop, one chop only. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so yeah, because if they would have turned him over to the Lannisters or the King, it not it would not have been that way. They would have had his head on a her head on a spike or something, and a bunch of other stuff. So Lady. I'm seeing it. It's a mercy kill. All right, Alex, number three. My number three is uh, from Heat, uh, the other Michael Mann film that's oh, a lot yeah. like Last of the Mohicans, is uh, Trejo. Yeah, thought about yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah when know. Robert De Niro goes back thinking that he betrayed, that Trejo betrayed him, and nope, he finds him all, his wife dead and messed up on the floor. He's like, he can't leave me like this, man. Oh, this is heartbreaking. Great scene. Great fucking movie. Yeah, I just saw it last night. Yeah, masterpiece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Scott number three. Or sorry, uh, yeah, Scott number three. Uh, so we watched this. I don't remember how to have them. However many Halloween seasons ago, uh, but the end of Suspiria. Um, I'm not going to go into too much detail here, but it was super honked up. And uh, there's definitely some mercy killing going on. And I'll leave with that. All right. I don't even remember. I don't remember either. Uh, So, okay. Uh, They're doing the ritual. Right. It goes sideways. Right. The, like, Suspiria or whatever comes and... <laughs> Easy, Phil Collins. Yeah. Suspiria. Suspiria. And she she grants uh, death to a few of the people that had been a part of the ritual that no longer wanted to live. Okay. Basically by exploding them. But, uh, yeah. Right. That's why that's why I wasn't remembering the mercy part of it. Yeah, so, oh, so, like, like, oh, right. it was it was admittedly it was difficult to tell the difference between some of the the mercy stuff and some of the non mercy <laughs> stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that kind of leads to my number three because it also is questionable for me because what would be the end of Braveheart? So he's getting tortured and he's not, they say, you know, ask for mercy and all this stuff and we'll end it. And he never says it, but the crowd starts asking for it and they do eventually chop off his head with the mercy kill. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what else more they could have done to him before they did that. But I feel like at the very end, he did get mercy. What do you guys think in that? Yeah. I'll allow it. Because the crowd starts ch- asking for it eventually. Yeah, like they're, they're booing like, him and they're hating him, and then finally they start yeah, saying maybe, maybe it. Maybe so, they speed it up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. He definitely was getting tortured. <laughs> That's for sure. But then yeah. I think he got he saved a little bit of torture. I don't know, but that's it. All right, Alex, number two. Uh, I switched it up a little bit last second because uh, yeah, Old Yeller's my number two. It, it's just that last scene that really sticks out. When I was a kid, of course, like fucking shit. I'm like four or five years old watching this movie. It's like, why'd you make me watch this? It's a kid's movie. It's so (laughs) yeah, brutal at the end. (laughs) And that's why you can't get a dog. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Get rabies and you'll have to kill it. (laughs) It's the lesson for George Blue. You have to put it down yourself. (laughs) So. I switched it up with my number one because my number one I've seen more and as an adult and it hits it hits me a lot harder, believe it or not. Alex, why don't you become father of the year and make your boys watch Old Yeller right now? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Good man. Yeah, All the right. missus was was trying to find a movie for the kids. It's like, oh, what about Old Yeller? <laughs> he just no. whispered here. I'm so, so, so. Oh, okay, let's not watch that. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of other old Turner and Hooch instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how there's super old like Disney things you could watch, like uh like Darby O'Gill and the little people. And the little people. Uh mm-hmm. that's just about Irish people getting drunk. Yeah. Well watch like Karate Dog and K9 or something like that. Oh my god. <laughs> I saw a trailer for Top Dog the other day. Oh, yeah, Top Dog. I, that's I the like way. there's no way this is like like I, I, I've seen the movie in the theater, so <laughs> like but had that not been the case I, w- I would have been like there's no way this is a real movie 
But uh, anyway, that's weird. Well, it's not weird. It's kind of scary because Hollywood does that. Oh, this Turner and Hooch is a great buddy cop dog movie. Let's everybody make a movie like that. You have like eight. <laughs> Chuck Norris has looked like the same. Like he's like seventy five for like the last forty years. <laughs> <laughs> and uh-huh. and he, yeah, he's definitely on this one. A lot of spin kicks, though. So good on him. Yeah. yeah. I remember when Turner Hooch came out, there was K9 also came out. Remember that That's was right, like yeah. a James Belushi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that one, the dog lived, and it got much better uh, ratings and money made, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Even yeah. Tom Hanks couldn't save Turner Hooch. Damn it. All right, Scott number two. Uh, my number two, uh, now we're really getting into spoiler territory, but uh, the updated version of The Mist. If you know, oh, you, if, yeah. if you know, you know. I just heard about this. If you know, yeah. you know. And mm-hmm. uh, that's my number two. And I, I said that Suspiria was honked up. The Mist is more honked up. <laughs> and just like with the girl and the Mohicans jumping too early, it too early. Mm-hmm. Idiot! This guy in the mist too. Anyway, uh, my number two uh, million dollar baby. Um, what a baby! Baby. I mean, it's also spoilers in that movie as well. But if you've seen it, you know it. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. million dollar baby. My number you know two. What? A quick anecdote about that. Uh, I heard what's her face. Uh, What's the million dollar baby's name? What's her face? Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank. Uh, she had like a pretty bad toe infection, and because she thought it would be in character <laughs> for her to Swift. wait, Clint Eastwood shot her and put her out of her misery. <laughs> no. Because she thought I'm her sorry, character would just tough this. it out if she had this kind of injury and stuff or this kind of infection. Uh, she uh, toughed through it, and then the doctor said, "If you let this go for another two days, we'd be talking about sepsis right now." Yeah. So she she cut it way too close. <laughs> like, Take that, Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> yeah, if you want to, I'll, sh- I'll put you out of your misery. <laughs> Is that Robert Loja? I've got to workshop my my use of it a little bit there. Yeah, um, another baby. Oh, speaking yeah. speak real quick, real quick about Daniel Day Lewis. There's a, a funny anecdote. Ah, <laughs> uh, Billy. So West Studios on on set. I don't know. Maybe, maybe somebody told me this. this like maybe even Alex. I don't know. But yeah, I told you this. Oh okay, yeah. Well, <laughs> you can tell the story. This weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, you tell the story. Yeah, weekend. That uh, this was one of the uh, the I think the GQ GQ uh, videos where they have actors break down some of their famous roles and everything. And this was like the intro to his episode where he said. Oh, I met Daniel Day-Lewis on set, you know, of Last of the Mohicans and everything. And, you know, it struck up a conversation. I was a big fan. So when I felt comfortable enough, you know, I went and asked him for his autograph. And he said, sure, okay. And he grabbed the pen and a piece of paper. And I said, no, no, with your left foot. <laughs> and he got Hey-o. it. <laughs> nice. He got his autograph. Good All right, Alex, what's your number one? My number one is, oh, my God. The book had me bawling. The movie had me bawling. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. That's my number one as well. Oh, it's 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 tough to even think about it right now. But I should watch it again. Thought, it's been a while. I thought you were going to say "Eat, Pray, Love." <laughs> Eat, pray, die. Eat, pray, die. That's a sequel. <laughs> but yeah, 
That movie's great. It's like one of the all-time classics. Go read the book. Go watch the movie, folks. Go uh, also watch the Simpsons episodes. <laughs> they make fun of <laughs> That's the one you can't watch, though, right? Because that's the Michael Jackson one? Um, that's... No. No, it's a different one. Because, yeah, oh, Barney thought... is like... No, Barney kind of reenacts the scene and everything because Homer's going in there for a his heart uh, operation. So this isn't the mental asylum one. Oh, but then there is that joke in the mental asylum. Where yeah, they have, when he goes... Uh, the big Native Chief. American. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Chief. a good Chief. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's talking. About time someone asked me a question or something. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. And then later on in the other episodes when Barney throws the thing through the window. Yeah. <laughs> like right. goes to smother Homer because he can't see him in pain. And then he throws the drinking fountain <laughs> through the door, through the wall. Yeah. Yeah. There's that another reference. Wasn't, but yeah. But that's definitely one of those things I saw in The Simpsons way before I watched the movie. Goddamn Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Simpsons did it. Yeah. All right, Scott, number one. Uh, same. One floor of the cuckoo's nest. Uh, nurse, nurse Ratched. Mm-hmm. Like, if we're going to do Fuck all... That bitch. If you ever do an all-time villain list, like... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> she is so... <laughs> she should have... She should have... Jesus. She should have been on the Heat Police Squad. That really would have made it the all-time bad guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, Nurse Ratched. All right. Who's, Same thing with Fletcher. Flew Actress. All right. Any honorable mentions? Uh, yeah. Me, every time I play uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate with my kids, <laughs> it is a mercy when they take me out. <laughs> it's like, guys, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but funny. It's a very chaotic fighting game with a bunch of... Uh, game characters from Nintendo and uh, other franchises now. And yeah, it's so hectic. You can barely tell what's going on. And the boys are, of course, experts at it. And they just beat the shit out of me. Conversely, when I play Street Fighter with them, which they don't want to play anymore for some reason. <laughs> beat the crap out of them. With Dulcin. <laughs> you got to no trade off. You, you got to tell them. You want, you want the old man to play Smash with you? You got to play some Street Fighter first. Yeah. Sorry, I don't. Yeah, I, don't I don't make the rules. <laughs> but then they'll go. Oh, Ryu's in Smash. You could do that, Dad. It's like that ah, doesn't count, son. <laughs> say, no, I I do make the rules, and no, that's not. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Except for that rule, which which I make. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. I had another one. It was but it was not the dog one, so I left it out. That was the dog in I Am Legend. Oh, sad scene. And uh... oh, I forgot about that. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> I had Gan- Gandalf, but I took it off because that's more of a self-sacrifice. I don't know what yeah. I was thinking with that. Yeah. That. yeah, I was thinking Lord of the Rings. I don't I don't think there's any... Like, Did it happen in the TV well, series? The, I don't even remember. <laughs> the The big Eurokai, Eurokai was about to give a mercy kill to Boromir <laughs> after his seven other ones, but he didn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I couldn't think of any from... From Lord of the Rings. All right, uh, it's time for Alex knows sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball. So uh, this is a 
a fascinating uh, baseball team that I just heard about, or maybe I heard about it, but I forgot it. And I don't know if we've talked about them before here, but the uh, Savannah Bananas, have you guys heard about them? Oh, yeah. I haven't. Uh, it seems great. It's just like this team out of Georgia, of course, Savannah Bananas, and they put on a baseball show kind of like the Harlem Globetrotters, where they do a bunch oh, of wacky okay. shit on the mound. They're dancing. They're, they're lighting their baseball bats on fire <laughs> and everything. And it just I've seen some of the videos on their official website, and it looks just like the best time ever. Yeah, my, my favorite. And, go ahead. Sorry. No, please go. I was going to say, my, my favorite bit that I've seen is they had three guys on the mound. <laughs> but they, like, huddled up first so you didn't know which one of them had the ball. And they all started going through, like, the same motions, but it lasts, like, a minute and a half. And then finally, like, one of them throws the ball for, like, a strike. Like, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So is there like are, are they traveling team like there's a Washington Generals type thing that goes around with them? No, I don't know. Yes, that's what I heard. That they okay. they always play kind of like the same team, like the Generals. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and but they don't play normal rules of baseball. Of course, <laughs> they play what they call banana ball. And uh, let me read you the rules here because they're pretty fascinating. Uh, rule number one: Win the inning and you get the point. Every inning is worth one point. The team that gets the most runs in an inning gets a point for that inning, except for the last inning where every run counts. Uh, Rule number two, which is, I love this rule, a two-hour time limit. (laughs) No new inning can be started after one hour and 50 minutes. And again, in the last inning of the game, every run counts. (laughs) Rule number three, no uh, no stepping out. If a hitter steps out of the box, it's a strike. Uh, rule number four, no bunting. Bunting sucks. If a hitter bunts, they are ejected from the game. <laughs> nice. Uh, rule number five, so he's pretty badass. Batters can steal first on any pitch of an ad bat. <laughs> the hitter can try to steal first base. This can happen on a pass, a ball, wild pitch, or anytime the hitter chooses. I love that. <laughs> oh, God. Just, uh, rule number I'm six. Just, I'm just picturing like, like Benji Miller hustling down the line <laughs> on the basketball. <laughs> uh, rule number six: uh, No walks allowed. If a pitcher throws ball four, it becomes a sprint. The hitter will take off running, while every defensive player on the field must touch the ball before it becomes live again. Uh, the hitter can advance to as many bases as they want. The ball does not have to touch the catcher or the pitcher. Uh, no uh, rule number seven: no mound visits allowed. So yeah, no visits from the coach, catcher, or any players. Uh, you only hype your pitcher up from afar. Uh, rule number eight: if a fan catches a foul ball, it's an out. <laughs> That's cool. The other the other rule is whatever you do, just don't catch a banana's foul ball. <laughs> and then rule number nine: the showdown tiebreaker. This one's a bit convoluted. I think I'm gonna have to see this one. At a live game. If the game is tied at the end of two-hour time limit, the game will go into a showdown tiebreaker. In each showdown, the hitter must score. If they score, it's worth one point. If they get out, it's worth no points, and it's called the showdown shutdown. And here are the three rounds of the showdown. Uh, round one, pitcher, catcher, and one fielder versus one hitter. <laughs> round two is pitcher and a catcher versus one hitter. 
And round three is pitcher, catcher, and one fielder versus one hitter with bases loaded. So in the final showdown, every run counts as a point. If no team has won after three showdowns, they will continue with bases loaded and one fielder until one team has won. If at any point a home run is hit over the outfield wall, it's a walk-off win and the game is over. So go check them out. Go check out their videos, their TikToks. So less less complicated YouTubes. than actual baseball rules. Yeah, it seems that way. <laughs> um, so I just but, went on their website. They do tour, and they were out here in Rancho Cucamonga this year. Okay. So maybe we'll have to go out yeah. one of these days. Yeah, yeah I'm going to have to check out their schedule, see see what's coming up. Hopefully yeah. we can get some tickets because I hear they're very, very hard to come by. Yeah, everything's sold out, but it says 2023, so maybe you got to wait for next year, I guess. Yeah. Pretty cool. There it is. Savannah Bananas, everybody. All right. It's time for Neom News. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. Okay, so I'm up to... Oh, I'm, I'm through the first three episodes of Ahsoka. Where's everybody else at? Four. Oh, shit. I think I've only done two. I'll catch up. Two, Okay. Um, but I don't care about spoilers either. Yeah, no, like <laughs> we, we, don't, we have to go over plot. I, I I would like to go over just some some general like likes and dislikes, at least through the first two episodes. Anyway, uh, really, the the big standout for me is is Ray Stevenson. Um, like he just kind of stands there, like he he's like the <laughs> what was the Simpsons with the yakuza, like oh yeah, he's like you, need you know to he's be. he's gonna do something and it's gonna be good. Yeah, but he's just this like he's just imposing figure he's not doing like the the big theatrics like some of the other villains um mm-hmm. yeah it just it feels effective like in a way that that other force using villains haven't been since basically darth vader um so he's yeah. cool um yeah, i would say everything about him the first so I, on all four he's been really good menacing the only thing that kind of bugged me but it's more of a nitpick in that first episode when he kind of when he, they board that ship to free that lady and she's walking down the aisles, you know, the hallways taking down everybody. I mean, it kind of was the Rogue One awesome Darth Vader scene. So it kind of takes away a little bit from that. You get what I'm saying? Oh, like yeah. if any Jedi <laughs> can just do that. Yeah. But he's still a badass. It's nitpicky, but that was one thing. I was like, well, this kind of makes the Darth Vader scene less special now. But yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, nah. See, I like that. Um, you know, so far, um, I, I've not watched Star Wars Rebels, so I don't have that frame reference. Uh, but um, Ahsoka's fine. What I already forgot the name of the her Padawan, whatever Sabine Wren. Sabine's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Can't wait till the teacher how to suplex trains <laughs> the Jedi way. <laughs> She's got a long way to go before she masters that move. Mm-hmm. Uh, Final Fantasy joke. Yep. <laughs> hey, hey, Jeff, Jeff that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm learning. I'm you know I'm always a fan of Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Um, yeah, I I do kind of like what David Tennant is doing with the whatever that robot is, whatever that droid is. Robot. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, we'll have to see where they're going with stuff. Um, get like i don't know if it was in episode two or three but we get more of just like the the new republic just being impossibly stupid 
<laughs> like it was the same same thing in Mando season three. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So I think so. Some, I think Ahsoka. I th- my brother says this, and I kind of agree. She's pretty boring and slow and deliberate, and I don't know. Like it's just is that went a little bit more out of her. Is that I don't know. is that like in character from the animation or is that more like an, an extension of where she was headed as a like a jedi like what do you think that is see i don't know. i mean in the show she's a kid right and these clone wars so she's a lot more yeah. like spunky and stuff and so yeah and sure she's charge yeah and she's her master turned into darth vader and all that stuff so yeah we definitely if she's older we just slow you down and stuff but it's just she just there and crosses her arms and just I don't know. It's a little bit of a main character. I want a little bit more out of her than that. I, I, don't, I don't know. I wonder if, like, she has to cross her arms because just as, like, a human being, she's, like, compelled to reach up to grab the whatever head tentacles. Oh, her, her head tentacles, yeah. yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It's just the thing she does. Stop herself Stop, from doing yeah, that. Yeah. Was she, like, the Noid? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just... The show's okay. Yeah, I, I like the first yeah. two episodes. Third one less so. So we'll see where we can. The fourth going. one's a little better. Yeah, we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The other yeah. Sith apprentice is she's okay. Like she seems very intense. <laughs> well, I she's I bug eyed the whole time. Do, you called her a Sith apprentice. I don't think they're Sith, which I do like. I think okay. they're just dark, yeah, they're dark, dark Jedi, Jedi or, yeah. or fallen Jedi or something, which I because she's do got like. the Padawan braid. That is true. She does have the right. Braid, yeah. Um. So, okay. I don't know. I don't know about the Sabine Wren. Like she's a Jedi Mandalorian Wookie smuggler. Like I don't. know. They're gonna make her everything cool. Let's start, like this one girl is gonna have like everything. <laughs> this one character. Like, hey, it's work for Miles Morales. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I'll just see. I mean, and they're yeah, they're playing. There's stuff they're talking about. I don't get into spoilers. There's stuff they're doing with her that's interesting. Was was um, she, she, she wasn't the voice, was she? Or is that that's the actress? No. The... Yeah, I think the only one who's the voice was um, is uh, the guy who's playing Thrawn. Okay. Which still hasn't shown up yet. Okay. Um, um, I saw. Well, I saw Clancy Brown making an appearance. I think so. And that guy's got some. Pipes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I might yeah, he he actually played the same character. As okay, well. yeah, I was wondering about that because I was like, he does a lot of voice work, so that one actually makes sense. That one, one, that one did make sense. But of the main, the bigger cast, I don't, I don't think so anyway. Okay, all right. Uh, any other notes about Ahsoka before we move on here? Yes, one other thing, which I mean, this might be a spoiler, maybe not, but the Hera character <clears throat> um, had a baby with a human character. And that, so a Twilight could have baby, you know, uh, yeah. mate with a human, and just the hair is green, and that's the only like I don't, I don't <laughs> like know. kid, yeah, that I like I saw that kid and was like is the kid adopted, like yeah, <laughs> no, it's got green hair, so I yeah, I don't, yeah, that they, they didn't put a lot of species. effort in that one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so she like that's the thing that happened on the show. That's what I was told. The ending of the sh- ending of Rebels. Because the dad dies, he's the main character of Rebels, and he dies, and he is a Jedi or a fo- former Jedi, and so he's forced instead of blah blah. We have to have a baby, and 
They named him Jason, which they're stealing shit because Jason's supposed to be Luke or Leia and Han's baby. At least in the old canon. I don't know how that So So wait, is, is so the, the father was the guy that they're like, they keep bringing up? No, he's the one that trained the guy they keep bringing up, Ezra. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He, he was like the old, he would be like the Obi-Wan Kenobi to the Luke Skywalker or whatever. He's the older Jedi who's teaching Ezra throughout the okay. show. They're the two Force users. Okay. <laughs> my, 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 my big gripe here for the show is like, why does she keep the goggles on when she never uses them? <laughs> the goggles do nothing. Yeah. 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 It's like even when she's flying, like she's in the ship, I don't think she puts them on, right? Like in like season, like the second episode, she's like flying the ship, right? I'm like crazy. Yeah. No. I'll have to go back and watch Well, then she, she wouldn't be able to see. Yeah. So why does she have them? <laughs> uh, they look cool. Yeah. Also, I, I do love the, the, the Star Wars thing where there's just like, you can be like you can you can be like whatever the grunt rank is, like lieutenant captain, and then you're a general. Like <laughs> there's nothing in between. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the rebellion for you, baby. Yeah, yeah. So I, I that just again uh, frustrating uh, without spoiling too much. Where it's like you've got one of your generals who just like uncovered this whole big thing, and you're just like, eh. We're not going to listen to her any, any anything past this. Like, I know. Well, it's so stupid because they're trying to set up why when you get to Force Awakens, while well, the Rebels are no longer around, and then you have the new, you know, like how that happened. But it's like that shit. That storyline was so stupid anyway. Don't try to don't. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to make it why when we get yeah. to Episode Seven, right? So they're trying to put that into place. Yeah, they're dumb. They didn't listen and blah blah blah. And they should have been listening to Princess Leia and these other people. But like. No, just, just how about we just pretend seven, eight, nine didn't happen, and we just make different. <laughs> nope, because that's real canon, for whatever reason. I mean, there's a right yeah. now, so there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, uh, so uh, we'll we'll be talking more about Ahsoka in the, the coming weeks. Um, so, uh, Starfield is out. the The new Bethesda. Uh, Wunderkind game. Do a barrel roll. Yeah, do a barrel roll. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in in grand Bethesda fashion, the game is unplayable on my PC. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. So uh, if this were ten years ago, I would be uh, to make another Final Fantasy reference. I'd be hopping mad because um, <laughs> I remember how how angry I was with Skyrim way back when uh, when that was broken. Uh, I I just don't get it. Like. I, I I mean on one hand I do like video game development is is incredibly difficult especially something as ambitious as this game but it's like I've like my computer is not a potato like and it won't even run like in low settings like I get like less than twenty frames when I'm in anywhere where there's like stuff going on jeez and like yeah it's it's frustrating like <laughs> and then the the head but there's the guy. Um, Todd Howard is his name. Like somebody brought up, like in some interview, uh, like when are you going to optimize for PC? And his response was, "It's already optimized. Like you just need a better computer." Like, which is a, which is a way out of touch, stupid thing to say. Yep. Um, there was a hilarious response to that, of, like on Reddit, with some guy in all caps, like posting his 
his uh, uh, configuration on his computer. And it was like all typeline everything. And he was like, upgrade to what, Todd? Upgrade to what? Uh, which was a reference to a Ben Shapiro thing. But anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh-huh. just disappointing. Uh, like, I, I'm really not going to have much more to say about this game until they, they figure that shit out in a year or so whenever they as it gets around. Like, I, yeah, it, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, sh- I should have known better. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm more just like, I've got, I'm, I'm, I'm too old to like be angry about it. I'm just disappointed. Uh, disappointed in you, uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, like, Todd Howard. Yeah, ho- hopefully, I don't have to wait a whole year, which I feel like is is usually the case with this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll we'll see. Um, and uh, the last bit of thing, bit of news I want to talk about: uh, Haunting of Venice comes out this week. Um, on the oh yeah, the I still a, haven't seen the other Perot one. A haunting in Venice, I should say. Uh, on, a haunting on the fifteenth, and yeah, it's the the third installment of the Kenneth Branagh Hercule Perot. Um, yeah, I I really liked uh, Oriental Express, which or Murder on the Oriental Express, which we did in the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Death in the Nile was still enjoyable, but um, not nearly as good. Uh, but I but I still love uh, what he's done. <coughs> I, I still love like the way that they're shot, the visuals, um, and I'm hoping to get something a little closer to the first movie here. Um, so this is like the only movie I'm looking forward to now, and I don't know when. <laughs> I don't know. Is, is there anything coming out, guys? Uh, <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, Haunting in Venice uh, opens this this weekend. Um, and that's it for me. Uh, Alex, anything you want to go over? Uh, yeah. Uh, real quick, I saw the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, Mutant Madness. Uh, the animated film has great art direction, art style. It, it you know, borrows slash steals a lot from um, uh, Spider-Verse. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and the sequel. Uh, but it, 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 it does take... It pushes the the art style a bit more to make it more its own. Uh, I love the characters. Yeah, they did a great job. The turtles are actually small. <laughs> what you think teenagers would be like. So they're like 14, 15. So they're not like hulking beasts like they were in the, uh, what you call it, in the Michael Bay yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. So they're actually like kids. Um. Jackie Chan is great as Splinter. <laughs> He's the voice of Splinter on this one. And it was a lot of fun all around. So I recommend it. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk about is that Heat, the 1995 Michael Mann movie, is amazing. Yep. I just rewatched it, as I mentioned earlier. Oh. And uh, yeah. Get shot walking I, your doggy. Oh. A bit of trivia. Well, I, got- I don't know if you guys know this, <laughs> but Heat is actually a remake from a TV movie that Michael Mann also wrote and directed. I believe it. Called L.A. Takedown, okay. and they pretty much used the same script, uh, more or less the screenplay, more or less, you know. But uh, in the trivia, it says Heat. In 1995, had six months of pre-production and a 117-day shooting schedule. (laughs) 
L.A. Takedown in 1989 had 10 days of pre-production and 19 days shooting schedule. Man, this is what it takes for for these directors to make masterpieces, to get like a a practice movie. (laughs) Yeah. Let's, Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, another thing is that Michael Mann wasn't planning on L.A. Takedown to be like a prototype or anything like that, but it just turned out that way. So when he got a chance to remake his movie into like a real full length film epic man yeah he jumped at the chance and it's worth it man but now i really want to see la takedown <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's got daniel baldwin as detective schwartz so there we go oh yeah oh also michael rooker is bosco oh oh here's another little bit of trivia but uh <laughs> xander xander berkeley who plays ralph in in heat yeah you guys remember that guy oh, yeah. <laughs> he is actually uh he actually plays wangro in the, the tv movie huh. in la but in la takedown interesting so that's a nice yeah yeah it's come back that's cool yeah <laughs> so you i was guys, you know, to- this this has nothing to do with me i think i'm just gonna go sit down ralph <laughs> sit down <laughs> I was listening to a podcast. They were talking about it, and I'll never watch the scene the same again. The scene where uh, De Niro knows that they, you know, they have to go to the shipyard, and um, he's trying to make them right. The you know they're looking at. I know they're looking at the LAPD, the police department, and then <laughs> so they get together. And he, well, I don't know if it's the same. Anyway, when De Niro goes, "How did we get this heat? Fuck this heat!" You know, like no, what about the score? Yeah. I don't know. I would take out, but Tom Sizemore. Like, I think that's like his scene with. Robert De Niro. So he's just acting his ass off on that scene. And if you go out and watch it, he's like, what about you? You know, he's like, De Niro's like, you know, you have a kid, you have a wife, you have money put away. I would step away. And then he, oh, yeah, he just one. like bl- blinks like a thousand times, breathes in, well, you know, for me, the juice is the score or whatever. Juice is, I, it's just, yeah, I can't yeah. watch it. The action is the juice. I can't <laughs> watch it. The action is juice. Yeah. I can't watch it without just seeing him like, this is my moment to act with De Niro, and he and he is trying. He's, I mean, he is really good there, up. where you can see like he's kind of helpless and lost there, and he's yeah. and he just kind of like decides like like I need to say this like cool thing in front of like my my idol here, or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. It's just but it's you know like it's not a character anymore. It's Tom Sizemore versus De Niro, <laughs> not whatever versus oh. Neo. <laughs> Yeah, movie's great. Still holds up. Maybe not so much some of the compositing, but everything else. <laughs> Just like every movie from '95. That, what's what bad compositing? I'm trying yeah, I, don't, to remember. I don't remember. Uh, when uh, De Niro is with Edie on the balcony oh, and they're looking yeah. out into the city. Uh, okay, uh, I could I could understand that they he Michael Mann wanted to make the city a little bit brighter, so he filmed the background at three frames per second, so it would get a little bit more light. To see him a bit more vibrant, but the compositing was a bit oof. If there was another shot somewhere, but it was shorter, so it wasn't like that big of a deal. But I was going to call you out because I know that's a real place in LA that he filmed because he talks about it in the documentary. But I see what you're saying. He yeah. filmed it. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, two different speeds and then put it together in post. Oof. Yeah. What an asshole! <laughs> <laughs> what a brilliant asshole! <laughs> Right. Uh, and also the thing, <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. One other thing, we're not going to talk about heat, but when 
they talk about on the podcast. When they first meet, when Neil and I forgot the girl's name, <laughs> Lady, what are you so interested in what I do? Yeah. And then she's like, ooh, let's go out. Like, I, I, I don't know. He's so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's. Stay away from that guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Now you're lonely. And I guess that's the whole are, point. Are you she's a cop? Lonely. Yeah. <laughs> you have to tell me if you're a cop. But like, it's so, like, yeah. Lady, tell me, why are you so interested in everything I do? Oh, God. Let's have sex. All right. Um, well. All right. Uh, anything else, Alex? Nope. That's it. All right. Jeff? Uh, not much. I've been uh, watching Winning Time uh, Season 2. Still really liking that. Um, I'm one episode behind, but I yeah. recommend that if you like sports. Just, just one episode in. I, I look forward to whenever Jason Clark as... Uh, um, Cherry West. Cherry West freaks out. It's <laughs> so yeah. like the highlight of every show, every episode. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. And then there's so it's funny for me. This is my dad always talked about the early Lakers and how my dad never forgave Magic Johnson for the scenes that happened in this move in this show, which I won't spoil it. But there's something Magic Johnson does that my dad never said kind words about <laughs> the old magic man in our, in our household. Was, was, um, uh, I, was this I the first knew... time you heard Inside Out Asshole? No, that was for Mickey Hatcher. <laughs> <laughs> Not Magic Johnson. <laughs> I, don't I, don't, I still to this day don't know. My dad had gripes. He People had pedestals and people he had gripes with. And it'd be weird people do. Like, my dad loved Reggie Jackson. He could do no wrong. Like, most people don't like Reggie Jackson. My dad did. My dad loved Kareem. My dad hated Mickey Hatcher and Magic Johnson. <laughs> I don't know why. I think listener Daniel hates Mickey Hatcher. I could be wrong about that. <laughs> of all people. <laughs> um, so it's fun. To, it's good to see these episodes and how it plays out. And then, But I think they did a good job with Magic's side and Jerry Buss's side and stuff that happens as the stuff plays out. So I really enjoyed that. And then on top of that, I just wanted to thank Alex and Scott for helping throw me a nice bachelor party over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> my brother and a bunch of my friends, including Alex and Scott, we all went to Catalina Island for the weekend. Uh, had a great time. We drank a lot and had a lot of fun and went on some mm -hmm. boats. Man, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad like we did that trip at the age we are now. Like, <laughs> there, there would have been a body or two washing up on shore if, we, if we'd done that at yeah. like 25. Like. We did. For guys in our... Yeah. Yeah. For guys in our forties, I think we did all right. Yeah, yeah, and, we, we, uh, we, but we did we, not. Yeah, we're pretty. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, we're not twenty five, but yeah, I think I think we did. Yeah. Pretty well. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also think having the boat rides between you know before and after every little thing we were doing kind of helped us with <laughs> we some did, weak we stomachs. We had no access, so like, <laughs> yeah, it was a nice break. We like mini yeah, mini, so. mini detox. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so thanks to both of you guys, and thanks to any of my friends that are listening. Had a great time. Yeah, no, um, well, th thank you for, that's uh, it. for yeah, getting, getting married. married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's it for me. All right, so, like we're good. thanks for listening, yeah, everybody. <laughs> we at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.
will find you. You stay alive, Jeff. <laughs> I'll do my best.